the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. something a little different today and hopefully you don't mind i'm going to use some of the audio that i captured from the radio show so it's gonna be disorganized as fuck today or it's gonna be really disorganized and what i'll do is there'll be data there i'll try to clean it up a little bit but i may do this once a week if i could figure out how to do it on a regular basis um Anyway, let's get straight to the podcast today. Good day on Wall Street, to say the least, eh? What it comes down to is I think a lot of strategists now are starting to come out and say really bullish things about 2011. And we're also starting to realize a little bit more clarity that Europe has some debt sovereign issues. But it'll probably be a lot less painful than an all-or-nothing kind of poker hand. Another way of looking at it is we all know China's going to slow down. They're going 85 miles per hour now. They'll probably slow down to 75 and then 65 and then 55. Let's say their economy's growing at 8.5%. It'll, it'll drop to 75 It's not going to go 8.50. I think that's what a lot of people are just kind of worried about. Today we saw J.P. Morgan's chief equity strategist Thomas Lee. He put a 1425 target on the S&P 500, 15% gain. Earlier this week, I talked about Goldman Sachs saying 25%, Byron Wien saying 25%. Barclays expects a good environment for stocks, at least for the next couple of months. They see a target of 1420 on the S&P 500, up 15% roughly. Um, Goldman Sachs chief strategist David Koston said he's spoken to more than 100 clients since announcing his call earlier this month. And they're not as bullish as he is. So he thinks he's more bullish than everyone else. So you're starting to see a range, right? Today you saw PIMCO raise their growth outlook to 3 to 3.5% for next year from 2 to 2.5%. A lot of that's tied towards the tax cuts being extended. Now, Steve Masoka, he's managing director at Wedbush Equity Management, said the current move in rates might be actually good for stocks. The 10-year treasury going from 25 3.25% isn't enough to draw new money into bonds, but it's high enough to scare some money out and into equities. And the psychology of this move is one that you know prompts selling in bonds, not buying. Rates continue to move higher today. 10-year treasury now sits at 3.26%. It spiked as high as 3.34% on Wednesday. I don't think we have an all clear, but I think things are starting to become a little bit more into focus. Taking a look at the markets today, we got the greenback, the dollar. It's moving a little higher. Europe moved higher. We're moving higher. We've had a good week. We've had a good year. We've had a good December. Oh, 
It's almost like I want to get to next year. I'll tell you why in a minute. Oh, and by the way, in the second hour of the show today, I'm going to go over what I was saying at the start of 2010. The beautiful thing about me is I'm going to hold myself accountable each and every day. I put my neck on the line. I work my butt off. I'm more right than wrong. When I make a mistake, I'll gladly say it. When I get lucky, I'll gladly say it. Um, I've gotten the whole Netflix thing beautifully this year because I get the I hate Comcast. I hate cable. I want to stream content into my television and not pay big dollars for it. To me, I grew up with free TV. I mean, come on, people with rabbit ears, remember? And there was always some guy on your block that had the really big antenna. <laughs> I mean, he just, his dad was the coolest dad because he had the biggest antenna. He could pick up like channel 50. It's like, woo! I know, kids who are listening. Anyone who's 20 years old right now is like, what the hell are you talking about? Rabbit ears, antennas. So the Dow's up two, the NASDAQ up five, S&P 500 up one. Um, I got a little personal in the last segment. I'm going to do that from time to time because I love you people and I hate seeing you make mistakes. And I got in the face of an emailer pretty aggressively. I want you to stop making mistakes and I want you to stop listening to other people. I want you to learn how to do this yourself. I want you to get good at it. You can, trust me, you could do it. That's what I am here for, to help. Apple, their iPad is gearing up for a new round of production the first quarter. Now, I already know that. You already know that. History already knows that. Once Apple comes out with something, the first generation sucks. Never buy the first generation anything from Apple. Otherwise, you're a fool. Their second generation is pretty good stuff. Third generation is their best. Second generation iPad coming in early 2011. We know this because Asians can't keep secrets. I know you're saying, is that the most politically incorrect thing you're going to say today? Maybe. But Asian suppliers can't keep secrets. They have to order their goodies. And when they do, they tend to send little photos back to their friends saying, look at this cool thing I'm working on. And next thing you know, it's on a tech web page over here. So Apple's iPad has taken the world by storm. It's won over millions of fans. It's provided a much-needed boost for global tech sector. It's been a huge winner. Apple, in the last 20 years, each year has compounded a 20% return. Not too shabby. Investing in Apple-related shares is going to be a major theme for the most of next year. Apple is still very much so in the driver's seat. PIMCO today has raised their 2011 U.S. economic forecast from up from 2 to 2.5% to 3 to 3.5%. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not want to be out of this market. Now, again, I'm not promising you anything. You need to consult a broker advisor before taking any action on any stocks mentioned or any investment ideas. You have to be incredibly careful. Um, but when you're seeing GDP numbers being moved up, it's going to reflect ultimately in the U.S. economy doing business. And when the U.S. economy does business, we hire people. When you hire people, they drink, they hate their boss. I hate my boss. I'm going to go home and drink beer, but I'm also going to pay my mortgage. And my wife's going to scream at me because I haven't been home all week and she wants to go on vacation. Like that's GDP numbers at three and a half, four percent GDP. You can make anyone can make money. Now, part of this is the whole compromise on extending the Bush era tax cuts. So, I wouldn't get too caught up in it. The economy's trajectory for one year, it's not going to be sustainable, but we're going to have a good year. Anyway, how about this for a crazy story? A man in Detroit goes into a Burger King, and he argues with the guy behind the uh, the cash register, 
and the 28-year-old Burger King employee punches him in the face and kills him. Dead. The old guy choked to death on his dentures. Now, I kind of like the story because 67-year-old people, they're not spending a lot on the economy, and we got to weed them out one way or, or the other. But to choke on your own dentures for a cause of death? I'd rather be eaten by a shark. I'd rather be uh, hit by a bus. There's so many other ways that I would rather die. Burger King, of course, publicly traded company, has no comment on the story. Coming up next hour, I'm going to talk a little home buying for the long haul. Home buying for the long haul is it a good idea. Is it a bad idea? I got 2011 stories. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial on KDOW 1220. We can talk about anything you want to. It's a call-in show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. In the last hour, we got a call from Heather, who, junior in college. No, 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 no. She's got a junior in high school and wanted to figure out where to save money for college, and I gave her a lot of options. I told her to email me, ultimately, because this isn't the best forum, sometimes radio, to get all the ideas out in an open. Always use me as a second opinion or as... Someone you just want to check the facts with. Don't use me as your guru. Don't use anyone in radio or television as your guru because we don't know you. You know, Heather told me a lot. First, she told me she had a junior in college, a junior in high school who's going to college, and she's afraid. She's got $35,000 saved. She's done great. Next, she tells me, she asked me my dating advice because I am the white male Oprah um, about wearing heels on, high, on New Year's Eve because her boyfriend's short. So she's got a boyfriend, not a husband. So she's a single mom. Like you're starting to learn a little bit more about her and how that $35,000 for a kid's college might mean all that in the world. So I'd rather be slightly wrong and conservative than slightly wrong and aggressive with somebody like that. Today we got the Dow up 12, the NASDAQ up 6, the S&P 500 up 2. It's a good day. It's a good month. It's a good year. Most analysts are now starting to predict next year to be a good year as well, based on the Obama caving. Out of nowhere, the forecast for 2011 changed when, like a Chilean miner, President Barack Obama caved to the Republicans. Not just compromised, caved. The Republicans got everything they want. The only thing the Democrats on the Republican-Democrat side of the world got was a little extension for more unemployment. Other than that, it was two more years of sweet George Bush Republican tax agenda. With that said, the GDP numbers for next year suddenly went from 2 to 2.5%, which is 2% is anemic. It's okay. Anemic's okay. It's not sexy. It, to 3, 3.5%, that's sexy. 4% is too much for me, so we just got into the Goldilocks just right area for me, all based on those tax cuts being extended so let's move forward with content because sometimes i get a little caught up this hour i do want to go over what i was saying at this time last year in 2009 talking about 2010 i do have one more sexy chinese ipo to talk about later today and i promise you i will get to that i want to hit some of the, the headline news out there today um stocks moved higher today as Demand for U.S. goods was higher. So ultimately what this means is the GDP numbers and the export-import numbers were good on both sides. Today we learned a little bit more that President Barack Obama has asked his economic team 
to review suggestions from the Bipartisan Deficit Commission on an earlier paper on tax simplification efforts, ways to close loopholes and lower income tax rates. You might remember a couple months ago, nah, about a month ago, this commission came out, and one of the things that they said they could take away is maybe the deduction on interest if you buy a home. Americans won't like that at all. That's been around a long enough time that we think it's a right. I don't think it's a right. I think it's it's a, a, a privilege, and it helped encourage people to own homes, which has worked over the long term. I think that if you're a renter, you're pissed off. Because why is the guy who pays taxes to the federal government, who's a renter, subsidizing and letting you not pay as much federal income tax just because you own a home? So I get it. But if that comes down the road, values of home will go down in the future. Because we'll take away one of the incentives of owning a home. Ultimately, you build a case of pros and cons. You don't always have to be in love with your story. Every stock that I buy, I'll ultimately sell. Every stock that I buy, I've got five to ten reasons what I love and five to ten reasons what I'd hate. Typically, it's the I love upside down. Financial stocks are leading the stock market today. I expect them to lead next year. It's probably one of my favorite sectors for next year. People are asking me, hey, give me a stock tip for 2011. Financial stocks. I'll refine that a little bit more. This time last year, I told you Salesforce.com was a $60 stock. Now it's a $150 stock. Analyst today is raising Salesforce.com to $165. TJX, this is kind of interesting. They're a retailer, and basically, they retail, they sell garbage. Kind of, they, they pretty it up a little bit, but ultimately, no, nah, it's not. If you're a woman who's a great shopper, you could probably go into a TJ Maxx and do pretty good. But a lot of their stuff is garbage. Uh, I'm foot and mouth. I don't know how to say. I don't know how to get out of this one. Well, they're cutting 4,400 jobs. There's a story out today on Calpine. Do you remember Calpine? There was a period of time where President Clinton deregulated energy companies in America. And if you lived in San Francisco, you experienced rolling blackouts. I don't know if the whole Bay Area did because I wasn't quite living in the Bay Area at that point in time, but. I was visiting San Francisco enough to get a, a rolling blackout in San Francisco. Uh, PG&E couldn't keep up with all the power demands. Crazy to think about in hindsight. So they did rolling blackouts. And companies like Calpine were independent power producers, IPPs. And when President Clinton deregulated, these guys were going to sell bullets. So they could sell their energy to anyone they wanted to. It was a great concept. This was a huge stock. And they bought natural gas. They bought... Um, geysers, you know, you can make electricity from steam engine, steam, you know, geysers that blow up. They did incredibly well only to totally flop when deregulation didn't work and we started re-regulating energy deregulation. And not only did they, they, they bought natural gas thinking, hey, you know, we can sell our stuff to anyone. And then natural gas prices collapsed. So I just bring that up in large part to remind you. It was a story that we believed in at one point in time, and it didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to. Pfizer's in a little bit of trouble today. They've got uh, some trials. They're basically withdrawing a blood pressure drug called Thelin, uh, ultimately because it's causing heart problems. So um, you don't want your heart medicine to cause heart problems. Um, high blood pressure is a heart issue, and it's uh, being pulled it brings up the dilemma on a Pfizer and a Merck. Are they investments or not? 
they're part of the healthcare uh, sector. I would probably prefer to play the healthcare sector on the HMO PPO side. In large part, we know that they make money. They don't always make money. They get into uh, healthcare regulation risk, Obamacare, where we're going to limit how much they can make. But long term, I kind of like buying biotech as an index because I'm not smart enough to buy the individual biotech. And the Mercs and the Pfizer's, they tend to work well over time, but they tend to get into short-term problems. Uh, right now, they just can't seem to find the right product of new drugs and growth. Their dividends are fine. They're sweet because they sell a lot of their old drugs. Uh, people like me will take Viagra you know, for years and years to come. They've got drugs that we will consume as a nation for years and years and years to come. When I say drugs, let's call them pharmaceuticals. Tenant Healthcare today, talking about healthcare that I like, you know, the, 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 the managed side of the fence, up 53% today, ticker symbol THC. They revealed that uh, they're up for sale, and uh, maybe someone will ultimately buy them. China raises their bank reserve requirement by half a percentage point today. It wasn't as dramatic as some people think. We like it short. And, and it's like they're going from 50, 75 miles an hour to 65 to 55. And they're doing it in five mile per hour increments. So we like the way they're slowing. It's Rob Black and your money. You can call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Coming up, I'm going to take a little look at 2011. Later in the show, look back at 2010. Email me, rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. Call the show, 800-516-1220. I think it starts to get a little bit wobbly, and my forecast wasn't quite right for 2010. I think our GDP numbers are going to be close to 25 to 3%, but our GDP numbers are a little bit on the bogus side as well, in large part because there was a lot of federal stimulus. I said a weak labor market. Continued credit losses and regulation angst will be amongst the factors that leave banks feeling closely tied to their excess reserves. Banks didn't have a good 2010. Credit standards may not be as tight in 2010 as they were in 2009, but they're still expected to remain tight. And I'm, I'm pretty much right on. I'm pretty pleased with this. Subdued inflation ratings and weak labor market will allow the Federal Reserve to refrain from raising rates in 2010. I was right on. Corporate profit growth is anticipated to be robust in 2010. Right on. Now, again, I don't think it was a rocket scientist genius to figure this out. We're looking at earnings for the S&P 500 of over $72 for the year. That's 15 times earnings. That's where I came up with a 10% return for the market. We're looking at about earnings of $92 for the S&P 500 combined for 2011. And that's why I think you're going to see a 25% up year. Unless something dramatic happens... Since 1928, the S&P 500 has registered a yearly gain 66% of the time. Remember in the first hour, I got an email from a concerned trader. You're an idiot. I want to remind you, you're an idiot. Because since 1928, the S&P 500 has registered a yearly gain 66% of the time. And since 1928, we've had World War, well, we already had World War I. We're getting into World War II. We got into Vietnam. We got into Korea. We've had presidential assassinations. We've had nuclear explosions. We've had terrorism. We've had 9-11. We've had stagflation. We've had inflation. We've had high oil. We've had low oil. And yet the S&P 500 is up 66% of the time. The natural tendency is to challenge things, and I don't want you to. I wrote that risks for 2010 remain the unknown. 
That's always going to be out there. Weakening dollar triggers trade war. Weakening dollar almost triggered a trade war with China. Barack Obama tried to have some cojones with China, and I think it carried a little weight. Terrorism, natural disasters, the arrival of higher taxes. None of those really happened in 2010, hurting the economy or the world. I said China tightened stimulus measures could hurt. They tightened slightly, didn't hurt very much. Double-digit unemployment rates could linger, and that has been a problem. Politicized policymaking where the Republicans are pointing fingers at Democrats, Democrats are pointing fingers at Republicans. I think I'm pretty much so right on. Housing recovery turns into a housing relapse. It didn't happen. But I think that's a big question for people is how are we in the world of housing at this point in time? What's next? Let me give you a little thought on what I think is next for housing. I think housing works in the long run. I think the era of get rich quick real estate's dead. The era of increasing long-term wealth in your home is back. Historical data from the National Association of Realtors show that in 18 out of the 25 largest metro areas in the United States, the value of homes purchased in 1990 have increased 20 years later. So typically at about a 6% rate, what's cold comfort for people is the history. It's the past. We recently saw some numbers that we've lost over $1.7 trillion in home value in 2010. And yet, if you've been involved with the stock market or the housing market since 1990, you've done well. Now, I'm telling you, I love stocks and investments. I do. I love capitalism in the United States. I love uh, the conservative, been there, done that economies of Europe for 2,000 plus years. I love the excitement that is Asia. Nominal home prices since 1968 have risen on average 5.5%, which outpaces inflation only by about 1% to 2%. Now, the average stock return has been over 10.2%. I like stocks more than I like housing, but I like housing as well. Housing gives you some leverage that, that to do with stocks becomes expensive. To do with, with a mortgage is pretty cheap, and you get a write-off for it. Home prices, um, again, up 5.5% historically since 1968 in the United States. So if I had to look at 2011, what do I think is going to be better, housing or stocks? I'm going with stocks across the board. I think 2012 is about the years that housing should normalize in the United States. Coming up, I'm going to look at 2011 through the eyes of other investors. On Rob Black and Your Money, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 on Rob Black and Your Money. In 2011, I think you're going to see some pretty good things for financial services. Why, you're saying? Well, we're starting to hear analysts predict 25% upside. Now, again, that's crazy talk. I'm not going to the bank. If, if, if mom gives me money to go get a cow... I'm not coming back with magical beans and saying, I heard it's going to get 25% returns. So I'm not betting at all. But if we do get those 25% returns, which analysts are starting to call for in 2011, and again, maybe that's the reason you don't go, maybe that's the reason you stop listening to it, is that so many people are chiming in now. But if it does happen, you're going to see Ameritrade, Schwab, and TD Ameritrade trade higher. As macro conditions improve, investors will move towards their brokers and say, I want some of that 25% return. There's some other ways of doing it with, you know, equity exposure into like Janus Worldwide or Janus. They own the Janus funds, ticker symbol JNS, T Row Price, T R O W, and ticker symbol WDR. 
These are all ways to play. If the stock market goes higher, you, the consumer, are going to say, I want a piece of that. And you're going to chase it and you're going to push these stocks higher because you're going to want a piece of financials. You're going to want a piece of China. You want a piece of. So you're going to see it all go higher. Oh, I promised I'd get to a Chinese IPO a little later in the show today. Another one is coming out that she could make some easy money in, in my opinion. So Waddle and Reed is the uh, WDR. I think I'm getting to a lot of. I, maybe I've had too much caffeine today. Let's go to phone calls. Let's go to. Okay. I'd say get a show if you want to spread that message. I spread the message of getting people to retirement. My dad died of cancer. Lung cancer got into his brain, got into his hips. Horrific. One of the safest companies you can invest in from a balance sheet level is Philip Morris International or Altria in the United States. People are going to continue to smoke. It's horrible. If you want to go social investing, you can. Social investing in 2000, we used to laugh at it, the people on Wall Street. And then suddenly when greed became bad, when corporations started lying and backdating their stock options, what you're talking about, social investing, started working out really, really well. So you are on to something. There's a company called Calvert, ticker symbol C-A-L-V-E-R-T. So think of it as California, then green beans, V-E-R-T, Calvert group. Uh, they do social investing and they help. They have screens that can help you find something that matches your morals. For instance, you may want to buy Boeing because they make planes, but they also make missiles and that may screw with your values. So you may not like it. Well, Daniel, yeah, the Gulf of Mexico is a tragedy. And I said that every single day. I said Louisiana is doubly hurt because they got a lot of jobs tied to BP. And here we are punishing BP in the news. The stock going down was an opportunity in the stock, not necessarily a condemnation of what they did. No one likes oil killing uh, the, the ecology. No one likes that. Everyone can see that, Daniel. But when opportunity knocks, are you going to pay attention or not? You decided not to. I decided to. I'm up because of it. I do a show where I talk about opportunities for people and teach them different ways of making money. And again, it's not – I'm not here – this isn't the social show. There, there are shows out there for that. This is not one of them. But thanks for the call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Um, Welcome back in. Final segment of the day, final segment of the week. Markets are getting a little bit more humble as the day goes on. There was this knee-jerk reaction with strong consumer sentiment up in December. And I said consumer sentiment, not consumer cinnamon. Uh, There was some strong sentiment that people are feeling good. Now, again, I think some things are just coming into perspective, and that's helped move us a little bit higher. China's not going to go from 70 miles per hour to, to five. They're not going to crash. It's going to be a gradual slowdown. Europe is manageable. We've seen Jean-Claude Van Damme Trichet, the head of the ECB there, say, you know, look, we got an open checkbook. If anyone needs bailing out, we'll bail them out. So he's basically said, we're standing attent and alert. Let us know when you need us. So Europe kind of getting a little more in focus. The tax cuts in the United States, Obama caved like a Chilean miner. Like, we're still looking for Obama. He might be down there for 30 days or so. But he gave the Republicans everything they wanted. I almost think they've got a photo of him, some sort of compromising picture, because I've never seen that fast of a flip-flop. Now, again, Congress hasn't approved those. Congress takes those away, and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, this market will be upset. 
But right now we're saying, hey, looks like we got what we wanted from the Bush tax cuts extended. We'll take two more years. I'm going to invest for 40 years from age 20 to 60. Then I'm going to manage from age 60 until I die. So two, two of the years of the years that I'm investing, I'll take the easy money. Absolutely. So a lot of analysts are calling for a big year next year. I want to count on it. It's, it's nice to see that they're, they're doing it. I'd make sure you've got the right portfolio. I would look for some upside based on upside in GDP. Make sure you get the exposure there in the S&P 500 and whatever else. There's a China IPO coming out today called Moby, Sky Moby. And I'm looking at the, the package on it. And you always got to do your own homework and look at your own packages. I looked at Yoku earlier this week, which is kind of like YouTube in China. I said, like it, sexy IPO. There's a Chinese Amazon earlier this week that I told you to get into. It's a trade. It's a momentum play. Uh, China Dang Dang, ticker symbol D-A-N-G. Um, Sky Moby is a little different. It's got weak pricing. Wall Street didn't buy into it. And operating income was slashed by 80% for the last six months. That's not good. Now, China Mobile is one of the largest handset partners. They've issued measures targeted at eliminating offensive or unauthorized content in order to play with Sky Moby. The government is involved in Sky Moby and the Chinese government, the PRC, the People's Republic of China. What they do is they operate a mobile application store in China, and it counts for roughly half the sales in the country for mobile applications. Basically, it's the iTunes of China. It's a mobile application store. It's called Mao Pao. And if I'm saying that incorrectly, I apologize. I don't speak Chinese in any way, shape, or form. I just emulate what I see uh, the generic um, character on television, you know, the, the, the token or the cliche Chinese accent. So users can browse, download. They can purchase a variety of applications, single-player games. There's 591 apps, the music, mobile music and books. They can get videos and get pictures, social networks. Companies experience incredible growth. But keep in mind, last six months, that growth has turned into a, a, a slamming of the brakes because something's changing. They've got a social network community, Mao Pao community. Um, 9.4 million active users compared with last year, 7.7. So this is on the map. I mean, it's on the map. There's no doubt about it. But there's a couple things that stick out. 1,000% revenue growth achieved in 2009 off the page for a young company. There's no doubt about it. Sales growth, though, has slowed recently. And, you know, that's not great. That's not great. I think this is the weakest of the Chinese IPOs. Um, the company operates a fast growing social network akin to Facebook, which obviously would, would be sexy if you think about it as investment Chinese Facebook, but their censorship rules and their laws have severely hurt the company's business. And that's the only scary proposition on it for me is the government's too involved. Now I'm not telling you not to do it. You are a big boy. You are a big girl. Uh, you're, you're, up to you. I give you ideas. I give you uh, uh, pros and cons, and I, I let you ultimately be the decider. There's th certain things that I'll throw out that I'll say, I don't know. For instance, there's a, a story out today on real estate investment trust tied towards timber. So you can buy a trust that basically invests in trees. And I've never understood the sector. I Plum Creek Timber, ticker symbol PCL, Ryanair, RYN, Potlatch, PCH. These are companies that have pretty good dividends, 4.2% yields. 
So you put a hundred dollars with them, you get four dollars and twenty cents per year, buck five every ninety days. Um, I get it. I, I just it's for some reason I've I've never gotten the 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 the. the J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.